This morning's reading is taken from Matthew, chapter 13, verses 31 to 33. The parables of the mustard seed and the yeast. He told them another parable. The kingdom of heaven is like a mustard seed, which a man took and planted in his field. Though it is the smallest of all your seeds, Yet when it grows, it is the largest of the garden plants and becomes a tree, so that the birds of the air come and perch in its branches. He told them still another parable. The kingdom of heaven is like yeast that a woman took and mixed into a large amount of flour until it worked all through the dough. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Let's pray together. Heavenly Father, we are conscious of your presence here and right across this world that is yours. You rejoice over and weep over. May we be enabled by your spirit to hear your still small voice reminding us of those things that are of profound significance in our world today. For Jesus' sake, amen. I'm going to be thinking of the theme remembering every day and there are three parts to what I want us to think about this morning. Firstly, about the way in which Jesus helps us to remember what is of real significance. Secondly, of how on Remembrance Sunday we are filled with prompts that help us to remember deeply moving and significant things that have happened in the past. And how, thirdly, every day we are surrounded by things that help us to remember both the teachings of Jesus and the principles of Scripture that can help us and prompt us to pray and to be reminded of the things that we can build our lives upon. And over all this thing is the remembering of Jesus as Lord of all the earth. He is King over all, that this is the world that he has given us to live in and to live out the life that he is Lord over. So remembering, I remember around this time last year of a time that I forgot something quite significant. And that was where I had left my car when I parked at Cribs Causeway to do the beginning of the Christmas shopping. I spent three quarters of an hour trying to find the place where I'd left it. Yeah, a few other people have had that experience too. And uh, I don't, on, the, uh, on, on the parking lot, there are all these signs, aren't there? Sort of C4 and E3 and all those sort of things to help you to remember. But I hadn't remembered what the sign had said. And so I got completely lost. So I needed to find ways of remembering those things. And I learned from my failure. And so next time I do things, if it was C4, I would do something like, 
I would try to see four cars in my mind's eye, or C4, and then I'd remember that, oh yeah, when I come back, it's C4. Or if I'm not as imaginative as that, I get out my mobile phone and put it in my notes and uh, write it down. Very useful things. So we all need help in remembering every day, especially as we get more silver-haired. Jesus knew this. He knew that just telling people things and talking about the things of God would very quickly be forgotten. So in the passage we've just heard, he is, gives we are given examples of two ways of remembering. Parables, stories that have meanings beyond their own capacity to communicate. In fact, after that last parable of the yeast and the dough, Matthew records that Jesus spoke all these things to the crowd in parables. He did not say anything to them without using a parable. So he knew people needed to have stories in which to attach things or images from everyday life that would help them to remember the things that he wanted to teach them. And they were primarily about the kingdom of God. And these two parables communicate something very similar about the nature of the kingdom. The mustard seed, talking about the way in which from small beginnings, something huge can grow. Scholars these days also point out there is another way of thinking about that parable. Because the mustard seed was in those days a bit of a weed. It was a bit like dandelions that you might have today. Tiny little seeds, but once they're planted in the ground, they are unstoppable in their effect. They just go on and on spreading, and there's very little you can do about it. So if Jesus is talking about the kingdom of heaven or the kingdom of God, the way things are with God when God's in charge, which might be a rough description of what he meant by the kingdom of God, what things are like when God is in charge, then he's saying there's something about the kingdom that is inevitable in its power to go forward, to grow, and to become enormous. And to become a place, as Jesus says, where birds can nest in its shade, which will be a blessing to others. It's also true, though, that that sort of idea of the birds nesting in the tree of the mustard tree, if it's in a place where birds are not really wanted, where seeds of corn are planted in order for they may grow into great wonderful crop, you don't want lots of birds around because they come and peck up the seed and eat it. So there's also a sense in which the kingdom of God is not welcome in some quarters. Even amongst us in the church, when we see signs of the kingdom of God happening, it can be quite threatening and we, can't, we don't always welcome those things. If next Sunday people who were described as those who Jesus came for, the poor, the sick, the on the margins of things, prostitutes, 
People who were of incredible different nature to us started coming to our church. How welcome would they be? It would be quite disruptive in some ways if people started to do all sorts of funny things in the middle of the sermon. So God's kingdom coming is both something to be welcomed, but it's also a potential threat, and we need to be conscious of that. Jesus is wanting us to be aware that the kingdom of God, when it comes, is unstoppable, whatever form it takes. And similarly, with the yeast, he uses a domestic analogy. He uses this yeast in the dough as something that is hidden, it's growing secretly, but it makes a big impact. The whole dough starts to rise. We don't understand how, but we know that it is happening. And so Jesus uses these everyday things that enable us to remember the teachings about the kingdom. Today, on Remembrance Sunday, we're, we're surrounded by things that help us to remember the poppies that we're wearing, the words that we're using, the images that we're seeing, the sounds that we're hearing, that trumpet sound, chilling, powerful, evocative, the stories that we are listening to of people who in the midst of huge crisis are showing signs of courage and sacrifice and kindness, such as the old soldier, he's old now, who gave a chocolate to the children behind the places where they couldn't get at any food. You may have heard on the service of remembrance last night. These are all ways that we are given opportunities to remember the silence, the corporate silence, the shared silence, the power of stopping, the British Legion inviting us to not use our mobile phones on Remembrance Sunday, a way of allowing things to promote ways of remembering which we forget at our peril. So Jesus used those parables to help us to remember. We have things around us on Remembrance Sunday that help us to remember. But we also have things that every day we come across that can also help us to remember. And I'd like John to show us four images that I took when I was on a walk this week with our dog Flora. You'll recognize that it was down uh, in the French area. We walked down the, French, uh, down the uh, French Road, come to the bridge, and around the circuit that goes past the White, white Lion, and then back again. And I just took these four photographs. And those four things helped me to remember different things that Jesus had taught, or the Bible enables us to, uh, to think about, or about people to pray for? What is it that they suggest to you? I'd like to just, in a minute, I'm going to sort of explain what they, they promote, they made me remember, but I wonder if you'd like to turn to this, the people next to you, and just for a few moments, maybe choose one of the pictures 
and say, what does that help you to remember that's important for you to do or the things that Jesus has taught or things that are true in life that help us in everyday living. So what do you see? What do you remember when you see these things? So just uh, for a few moments, chat with your neighbor and, uh, and choose one. You may have no idea. You may just want to sit quietly and ponder it and see what you think. If you can't see the screen, you should have some photographs there. Okay, if you've uh, got one or two thoughts, just hold on to those. I wonder if, uh, if there's somebody who'd like to share something that uh, has particularly struck you. Just shout out something that, uh, about one of the pictures that's been significant. Just uh, your hand up. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. So that's helpful. I'll just repeat it for those who can hear. But it was simply saying that the car reminded Bryony of the people who had uh, died and had been part of accidents and things in the past where you were in, in, in Malawi and the way in which those things are so significant. We pray for those people as well. So that's the car. Let me tell you what uh, struck me about the car. My granddaughter, Daisy, when I used to take her in a buggy around this walk when she was very little, used to speak about the broken car. Can we go and see the broken car? That's what she called it. And I've never forgotten that. And when I go past, I always think, is the broken car still there? And it is still there. And it's been there, and it's part of the whole DNA, it seems, of French garage. It is significant. It's not something that's been disposed of. It's valued as part of that garage. And it struck me that in our church, here and wherever we are, we have people who feel deeply broken, as if they're rusting away and that they're feeling pretty useless in life. And yet what I rejoice in is that the church, because it's God's church, every person, however broken they feel, is being valued. They are part of the DNA of the church. It's what we are about. And we have a garage, as it were, a great mechanic who can fix things, who can bring things, restore people back to life again, as we were singing. And yet even if they are beyond that point of being restored, there is still a value in their being part of this church and the significance of that sort of person is huge in wherever, whatever Christian community we are. We're all broken in some ways, but we're all part of the church that God loves. God is close to the brokenhearted, said Jesus. What about another picture? Anybody has something else he wanted to share? Ian, yeah, if you'd like to shout out something very brief. I was looking at the river, and to me, 
Yeah. 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 Yes. Yes. So, yeah, so that sense of the river running into the sea and being absorbed into the greater thing and that our lives all count because we're all being moved into the greater thing that God is doing. I felt that the river reminded me of the way in which, in Revelation, the river of God has alongside it the trees for the healing of the nations and that hope of healing that comes ultimately the river of life that flows from the throne of God bringing life to others. That sense of the promise that Jesus brings that out of a person filled with the Spirit there will flow rivers of living water. All these sort of things can be part of what we can remember and give thanks for as we rejoice and as we just go on a, a normal walk. I'm just wanting to say the other, about the other two just briefly. Uh, the thing about the skip uh, on my mind is quite uh, is, is is about a whole thing about decluttering and getting rid of stuff that's clogging up my life, and I want to just make sure I can chuck out things that isn't necessary so that I can make room for other things. Uh, I don't know if that spoke to you in that way or other things as well. Uh, maybe, the, maybe the pub was more significant to other people, um, but uh, the fact was I was thinking about the skip. And the thirdly, lastly, the thing about the, the uh, ivy was that we recognize that a lot of ivy, when it's let loose, will cover the whole wall very, very quickly and will ultimately destroy that wall. It will make it crumble. So there is need for the ivy to be cut off in ways, ways in places that it's not welcome. And I remember once going on retreat and seeing out of the window of where I was uh, a huge um, growth of ivy up a tree. It was quite healthy at that time, but I could see that it had been chopped off at the bottom. And I was thinking about a particular area of my life that I wanted God to forgive and to remove and to cut off the source of that. And I didn't see, although I'd prayed for forgiveness, I hadn't seen the effect of that yet. And it reminded me that although it still looked healthy, it had been cut off at the roots because Jesus had cut it off, had forgiven me, and that in time it would die and wither. All these things, just on a simple 20-minute walk that you can go around and see every day. So I'm, although I'm, I'm sort of a person who relates to creation in that sort of way, that's my temperament, spiritual temperament, I think every one of us, We've got our eyes open when every day we're walking around or doing things in life, we can see that there are things that God shows us, helps us to remember, and helps us never to forget the things that he would have us call to mind, whether it's the teaching of Jesus, whether it's the things that happened in our wars and places of great conflict, or whether it's things that happen in everyday life. 
Jared Manley Hopkins said, the world is charged with the grandeur of God. It is full of the glory of the God that we serve. It's also a world that is hugely fragile. It's a world that can be destroyed so quickly. But may we hold on to that hope that God's kingdom is coming, that nothing can stop it, and that he invites us to play our part in making those things happen by doing small things with extraordinary love. So let us pray. Lord Jesus Christ, we thank you that you are a God who enables us to remember. Thank you for the gift of memory and for the things that can help us to come back to those things which are of superb, supreme significance. Remind us, we pray, as we come to Holy Communion, as we remember Jesus through the simple gifts of bread and wine. Help us to remember him, to do these things to remember him, and to know the grace and forgiveness and healing that flows from your cross. In your holy name we pray. Amen.